Welcome to Autism Knows No Borders. Discover what's possible when people impacted by autism inspire change and build community. Together with the Global Autism Project, here's your host, Rachel Harmon. Hello, everyone. In today's episode, we're continuing to highlight our recent SkillCore trip to Rwanda. Our SkillCore volunteer program is an opportunity for self-advocates, family members, and professionals to travel to our international partner sites and collaborate with local stakeholders on outreach initiatives in their communities. This carefully curated 10-day journey includes developing culturally relevant and sustainable training with our partner staff, listening to local autistic self-advocates and family members to learn about their lived experiences, sharing meals with community members to brainstorm ideas and solutions, and executing a high-impact project to build on existing work being done in the country. In this week's episode, you'll hear our SkillCore Runda team members' personal experiences and takeaways. Special shout-out to SkillCore alum and leader Kelly Cotter, who helped me guide this professionally diverse team of 10 global visionaries on this transformational journey. Even though the team members were complete strangers before they met in New York for orientation, by the end of our trip, they had formed friendships that will last a lifetime. Apart from collaborating with our partners at Silverbells, our SkillCore team also took in Rundin culture through a range of activities, such as shopping at a night market, learning a local dance, and visiting an important historical museum. Each day left us surprised, inspired, and moved. The team had a virtual reunion two weeks after returning from our trip. We reviewed what we had learned and reminisced about some of our experiences. In today's conversation, we discuss memorable moments from the trip, global collaboration, sustainability, the Global Autism Project's model of do with, not for, personal and professional growth, leadership, each team member's post-trip commitment to their own community, and tips for future SkillCore travelers. In this episode, discover what's possible when passion drives purpose. We're currently taking applications for travel in October 2024. Join us today at skillcore.globalautismproject.org and use the coupon code AUTISMPODCAST to waive the application fee. We appreciate your time. If you enjoy this podcast and you'd like to support our mission, please take just a few seconds to share it with one person who you think will find value in it too. You can also follow us on Instagram at AUTISMPODCAST Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Global Autism Project, and join our online community on Mighty Networks at community.globalautismproject.org. And now, I present you, SkillCore Team Runda. My name's Kelly. I am a behavior analyst that lives in Columbus, Ohio, and I look over cases for in-home and in-center ADA therapy. My big reason why I joined school Corps, I mean, I've been wanting to join for a very long time, probably since like I heard about it in like 2016-ish, 18 maybe. And I've been seeing all the posts, I've been getting emails, and I finally just, a life event happens and it made me just want to, on a random Sunday night, be like, I'm going to do it. I'm not getting younger. I've been wanting to do this forever. I've been hearing so many great stories. I wanted to kind of branch out personally, professionally. So I kind of just pushed myself to do it and go out of my comfort zone. Great. Thanks. Biss. So my name is Biss. My real name is Elizabeth, but everyone calls me Biss. And I grew up in Buffalo, but now I'm in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, working on my master's in special education and applied behavior analysis through Arizona State University. And I've been an RBT for about three years. I started in Hawaii. And I think that's kind of what made me want to join Skill Corps. I knew immediately it was something that I wanted to do to kind of like build my perspective on the global autism community because I was just on a small island and that was kind of all I really knew about autism. And I wanted to network and meet more people from around the world who kind of had a similar goal to me. Great. Jody. I'm Jody. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. 
And I've been working in ABA. It'll be 12 years here in a month. I currently oversee several early intervention autism clinics. I decided to do Skokor. Well, first of all, I, I applied like five years ago and it was just kind of bad timing or so I thought what wasn't the right time. So I ended up applying and then COVID happened. And then I don't know, I guess about a year ago, I was like, you know what? It's never going to be a perfect time. So I decided to go ahead and apply. I wanted to travel while also using a skill set of mine, which was kind of why I thought this would be a good fit. And then I got the email and then it all just kind of happened all at once. I I saw another ad on Instagram and just thought, you know, I'm feeling a little bit burnt out in the field, just kind of thinking what's next. You know, I've done all this in clinic work. I've gotten my BCBA. Now what's next? So I saw the ad and thought, what a great opportunity. So just kind of fell into my lap a little bit. And considering I applied a few years ago and it just wasn't the right time. And even now it, it technically wasn't the right time, but just changed my mindset. I guess that it's never going to be the right time. And then it all just happened so quickly, which is, I think it was very helpful because I didn't have time to like overthink it and kind of talk myself out of it. So. Hmm. Thanks. And Steph Scheiken. Hi, I'm Stephanie and I'm from St. Louis, Missouri a BCBA at an early intervention clinic. And I joined Skill Corps because my clinic director went last year and she kept talking all about it. And hearing about her experience really just gave me the push to do it and try. I've never done anything like this, especially fundraising. And my clinic really supported me. My clinic director really supported me. And that kind of gave me the push to just do it. Great. And Karen. Yes, I'm Karen. I'm a speech therapist in Paris, Kentucky. Uh, Back in about, I think it was 2018, I first started seeing the ads, uh, I believe on Facebook. And I kept saying, I'm too old. I'm too quiet. I'm too shy. All the I'm too things. And I was like, well, I'm just going to apply and they won't accept me and it'll be fine. I've done it. And then to my surprise, I got the letter that they had invited me to travel to Nanjing. Every time I feel like I'm burnt out and I want to push myself, it just works out somehow that, that I get to travel again. And that's kind of what happened this time. Um, I just needed that push. Mm, got it. Kaylee. Hi, I'm Kaylee. I'm originally from Kansas, but I live in Houston, Texas. I'm a BCBA. I've been in ABA for about four years, but probably a total of about nine years working with various groups of people with developmental disabilities. What really pushed me, I guess, is I had seen it during COVID and heard about it like right before COVID hit, but I didn't think I could do it because I was a broke college kid. This has been my first year as a BCBA and I had a family. It's very diverse here in Houston. I had a family who came to me and they're like, we're going out of the country to see family for a month. And I said, okay. And they came back and I was like, how'd she do with her device? And they were like, "Uh, we didn't take it. And I was like, shocked you know you had that bcba like oh my gosh why the regression it's so bad like oh no and they were like well where our family's at it would have been super like dangerous like the belief about any type of disability anything about being different is just so harmful over there that we were worried about her safety and i had never been culturally aware enough to even think that that's a possibility so right about when that happened, I started getting skill core emails <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. And then I finally was like, yes, I need to learn. I need to understand. I need to see things and broaden that cultural awareness. And that's what really just kind of pushed me to join skill core. Great. And Steph Bauer. My name is Stephanie. I am currently an RBT right now, and I've been in the field for about two years of ABA, and I am a master's student, and very soon I'll be graduating in a few months and hopefully be a BCBA. So I actually was doing some digging personally online, trying to find some sort of program 
I've always been really inspired by like the Peace Corps and stuff like that. And I always wanted to do that when I was younger. So I was looking to find something that kind of meshed with my passion for working with the autistic community and that travel aspect. And it actually happened. I couldn't find anything online that really looked like a real opportunity for me. And it happened uh, the next few weeks. My One of my supervisors was wearing her skill cord jacket. And I just had asked her what it was all about. And once she told me what it was, kind of the idea about it was, I was just online looking it up right away. And I applied and I was scared. I wasn't sure if it was actually going to be a real opportunity for me. I'm always kind of doubting myself and my confidence. So I was looking for something as a student working to become a BCBA very soon. I was looking for an opportunity to work on myself personally and professionally so I can be a better BCBA. And also just working in one center for a long time, I didn't really know much about everything else that was out there, just different uh, perspectives that are out there. And I knew that there was so much more than what I was getting in my little small town in northern Michigan. So I really wanted to step outside the box and it was the perfect opportunity for me. Great. Thanks, Steph. And Kelly Cotter. Hi, I'm Kelly. Um, I'm an autism and low incidence disability specialist for a public school system in Virginia. I first got involved with Skill Corps in 2017 through a Google search. I was trying to find something to do with autism and travel. And then I've been involved ever since. And I think that it stemmed also from a desire to work with families from diverse backgrounds and understand a little bit more about what individuals and families deal with in their home countries. Got it. Ashonda. Hi, I'm Ashonda. I'm from Queens, New York. I'm a BCBA. I have been in the field of ABA. I'm going to age myself, but for over 20 years. And I joined Skill Corps because I thought it would be an amazing opportunity. I've been watching the Global Autism Project since 2018. I wanted to go then, but my daughter was too young or what I felt was too young. And then I got an email and I told my husband that I was like, hey, I want to go. It would give me, you know, a global perspective on autism. It'll help me be a better practitioner. And he was like, okay, go. And I was like, seriously? He was like, yeah, go. So with that, I applied and got accepted. And here we are. Great. My name is Terry. I uh, originally started the process because I found someone that I was working with. She was my co-BCBA at the time back in 2018. And she was uh, scheduled to go on a 2020 trip. So I started listening to her and following what Global Autism Project was. And I became addicted and love everything about it. I love the mission, the experience, and I've been a part of it ever since. And I hope to continue to be a part of it for as long as I can. Great. I'm Bonnie. I am from Toronto, Canada, and I am a BCBA. Thank you. I'd love for you guys to share a moment from the trip that surprised, inspired, or moved you. Kaylee, go ahead. I think something, and it's something that I've been reflecting on and my favorite thing to talk about when like people at my clinic are asking me questions is something that probably I would say surprised, inspired, and moved me was just like the joy of the staff at the school. Their job was so much harder than mine because it was six kids to one person. And I'm over here with like a whole team of RBTs and everybody's one-on-one and people are still cranky. And so like just seeing like the pure joy and like the less is more mindset really come through because you always hear that. But like we witnessed it and like nobody ever was frustrated or angry or upset. And I think just seeing like they're doing so much more with so much less than what we have at our clinics. And they're just doing such an amazing job and they're so happy and they're so excited to come to work and they're excited to be with these kids. And I think that just really, I mean, like that has just stuck with me the past week and a half, two weeks we've been home. I feel like that's a hundred percent like how I feel too. I feel like the whole entire trip was 
amazing for me, like with working with Silver Bells, even just like getting to know complete strangers and having someone say, oh, you, you've only known each other for a week. Like you guys have, seems like you know, known each other forever, but definitely seeing the staff and their energy and happiness, it made me want to learn and how to bring that to our work. Cause I mean, our job, yeah, it's very, very stressful. And we're working one-on-one with kids, like, and then they're working like six V one, like, and they're still so happy. And I, I want to know that magic potion that they have so I can bring (laughs) it to my work and kind of show that energy and continue it on like over here. Yeah, to build on what Kaylee and Kelly said, um, something that I noticed while over there, and I don't think it was just a one-time occurrence, but uh, the autonomy that the kids have. Stephanie Shikin and I saw this a lot. There was a girl who would like elope from the classroom or like from the line, and the teacher would kind of just be like, she'll come back. And she would always come back. And I think it was because like she like felt loved by the teacher, which was... Um, a big part of it. And then even outside of the school, when we were like exploring or walking, just like the kids like playing on their own and like that sense of safety that you got, like sometimes I'd look around and be like, where are the parents? But they just like feel so trusted there. And I think that's probably something that I talk about the most back here when people ask about the trip was just uh, the independence of the kids and the pure joy that you see. Like between them and their parents and the adults there. I was really moved by that. And I kind of want to look into that and see how, like, how can we bring that back here? Yeah, absolutely. Steph Shikin. So I also was inspired by the trust that they have in their kids. And like Bess was saying, we saw that a lot during our observations and just they were able to go to the bathroom by themselves and not need someone right there. And the staff trusted those kids so much and knew that they were going to come back. And that was, you know, all we can ask for for our kids as well here is just more trust and knowing that they'll come back. And then the other thing that I always talk about was the Socratic questioning and having the staff come to their aha moments, specifically the overstimulation exercise, we did the behavior Q&A after where we met with the Silverball staff and going through that Socratic questioning. And they realized they were like, oh, maybe they are overstimulated like that exercise. And that was just such a meaningful exercise that they were able to look at their own kids and identify that. Mm. Yes. Ashonda. One of the things that I was both inspired and moved by was when I was in the classroom and seeing the love that the teachers had for their kiddos, but also allowing the students to know that they value their emotions. So one of the classes, the kids were looking to go outside to go into the pool, and then it just started downpouring. And so the teacher was like, all right, I know y'all are upset. I'll give y'all a few seconds to get the frustration out. He gave them 30 seconds. They threw themselves on the ground. Some stood up screaming, crying for 30 seconds. And he was like, all right, time is up. And they were like, and they sat in their seat and he continued on with his lesson. But to know that the kids know that their, their teacher valued their, their feelings was important because I know here in America, a lot of times it's just like, oh, all right, come on. It's raining, but you have to get over it. We kind of brush over people's feelings and emotions. And the kids, when they saw that their teacher actually understood their perspective and gave them the space to express themselves appropriately and then, you know, got on with their lesson, I was completely inspired by it as a parent and as a BCBA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Kelly. Something that moved me was for the parent workshop where we had some of our autistic advocates from the global autism community come and talk was for some of these parents that I think it was the first time that that maybe they have ever met or even seen an adult with autism. So I thought that was really powerful. And on the same token, just the amount of parents that took the time out of their week to come and sit with us for three plus hours, that was really inspiring and moving for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steph. I was part of like going to a different country 
I was like worried about kind of like, are we going to be overstepping sometimes, you know, like, are we helping or is this just more like for us, I guess. And getting to see like in our presentations that we were doing and even observations within the school at Silver Bells, just the want and the excitement for change and the willingness to learn that everyone had. And it wasn't like that people were ignoring it. I feel like they just needed the platform to talk about things and to meet with each other and understand that like there are a lot of people around that are they want to help and they want to do different things and make that change, especially during the one presentation that we did about employment for those with autism. Just seeing the ideas and how inspired people were just talking amongst their friends and the people that they work with was just very inspiring to me. Yeah. And Jody. One thing that really moved me was the advocate event. And we had one mother who came up and was sharing her perspective just on the difficulties of raising a child with autism and just how lost she felt. And, you know, if that were to happen here, I have a list of resources, you know, ready to go. But there, we didn't really have that available. And so it was more so just empathizing with her and listening to her share her story. And so that was very moving, just how much this mother cared and wanted to accept her child with autism. But it also gave me a different perspective on how to work with families moving forward is, yes, we want it. We're there to help. We're there to help provide solutions. But sometimes we just need to listen and empathize and really understand what that family, what that parent is going through, even outside of our therapy sessions. Mm, Yeah. Karen. Yeah, I think just, it basically comes back to what everyone else says at the, at the end of the day, it's about relationships, relationships with the kids, relationship with parents, the staff relationships, and even ours as a team, our relationships. Mm, Yeah. I'm hearing some common threads here, some common themes of the passion, you know, with the staff, the dedication to their students. Ashonda, you have something to add? Yeah, like with um, the the quote that we, that the Global Autism Project and Skill Corps lives by is do with and not for. As I was going through my pictures in the airport, it says Rhonda is the land of the doers. And I just was like, oh, this is, it's, I, I just thought it was a good parallel. And to be able to see that they are trying to do what's best for their students and for the kids, and they just need more resources, what they want to do. And they don't want it done for them. They want it done with them. And I just thought that that was also like an inspiring moment as I reflected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, this is a great segue into <laughs> our next uh, topic here. So. What have you guys learned about doing with, not for, and, you know, how this relates to global collaboration and sustainability, even, you know, throwing in some cultural humility in there? Do with, not for is definitely something that I am trying to use in my daily professional life now. I think it is so important to help people get there on their own help them and support them, but not do it for them. I think a lot of the time people just want a quick fix, someone else to do it for them. But in the end, that doesn't help more people in the future. Like it's not sustainable. It's not long lasting. And I think if we give others the tools that they can use, then it's going to be a longer lasting change. And it's in the end, it's going to impact more kids. If we teach, for example, a teacher to use the skills rather than providing direct one-to-one support for one student in their classroom, but we give the teachers the skills, then they're not only helping this one child, but they help so many more in the future. One thing that I really also noticed was that how could we make the short amount of time, we only had a week in Rhonda. How could we make a lasting impact there and really make sure that what we were doing there, even though it's only one week, could 
have a ripple effect for months and years. And I think the one of my favorite things about the trip was that, you know, we didn't directly work with any of the kids. We talked to parents, we talked to staff, we talked to representatives of the country. And I think a more systemic change is really what's needed in our field. For me, it was, I guess, bringing it back. It's like with my team of RBTs, like doing with not four, leaving them behind with my seven kids is really hard. I always feel like I have to be like there in the moment all the time. I think learning to like step back, that was really hard for me when we were working with the staff was to like not just jump in and do it. So learning to like take a deep breath and step back and like the Socratic method, like I've used that with my team when they're like, this isn't working. And I'm like, instead of being like, well, try it again. Like, let's do it my way. Like, let's do this. I can say, why? What do you think we should do? Why do you think we should do that? Like, I've already used that since being back multiple times. And that's just been super helpful because, you know, you believe it when it comes from you, from yourself and like them hearing themselves come to that conclusion without me having to be the one to like foot down and like tell them like, this is how we're doing it. And this is why, like, they're just able to get there. It just empowers them so much. And then it empowers our kids and the rest of the team. And so I think definitely like learning to do with not for has just impacted me as a professional as a whole. Yeah. Great. Cherry. Yeah, I think going back to like part of that, what inspired moved and I think that part also ties into the doing with not for when we were giving the presentations to the policymakers and to the parents, we were using some of that Socratic method and just watching their eyes light up, watching them take notes, watching them like want to learn more so they could then go back and use it and help and teach others and help kind of grow that kind of awareness, especially for the policymakers who are like life changers for Rwanda. They could, they're wanting to know more and wanting to do more. I think that not only was super moving, but it taught me some of that, like this is possible. And what we're doing is definitely those little life building blocks, like something we had talked about was those building blocks and those bricks to making that whole cathedral something that starts off super small. I get emotional about it because it's it's really amazing. Just like seeing that we're those like kind of foundation and it doesn't seem like a lot right now, but just what's going to happen in like the next 10 years or the next five years. And so it's it's really moving and inspiring just seeing those kinds of things happen. Yeah. Absolutely. Kelly. Yeah. What has kind of been sticking with me with the do with not for and me reflecting over the trip and being all together, this field of work, it's all about teamwork. So yeah, we're going over and we're helping, but we're a team and we all have the same kind of outcome and we all have the same goal of like wanting to help kids on the spectrum or adults on the spectrum Um, whether it's in school or getting a job. So I've been kind of in the mind frame of like, even while over there, yeah, we're a team, we're doing this together. I'm there to help, like we're there to like teach and train, but then I also see them as teaching and training me. That's like kind of what I was saying earlier with, I want to take their energy and their happiness and their excitement and their different ways of approaching things a little bit and like bringing them home with me because they're doing great. Like their kids love them. Their kids are so happy. Like they're happy to go to work. Like I love seeing that like that. I think I had a smile on my face for a whole day and my face was starting to hurt because it was such a a great experience just like working with them and being a team with them. And it makes me excited for the future because I have connections there. I'm learning from there. I have like my team there. And then like maybe like going somewhere else. It just shows that we are a team globally in this field. And when I first started in the field, I was just thinking like, okay, I'm in Ohio. This is my bubble. And so like kind of getting out a little bit more just it makes me excited for the future of like building onto things 
not only like with our partners, but like home as well. Cause like I've, I've learned a lot through them, through like my team members. So I kind of just think do with not for just we're a giant team that just keeps growing and we're going to keep growing and putting those starfish back in the sea, like one by one. So, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Steph, let's go Steph Steinbauer first. So the do with not for message has stuck with me from the start. I just have always really liked that message. And I guess like you see many people just come into places, do their thing and walk out even around like in everyday life people try to help out and I feel like they come in and just like do something and walk away like oh I helped them I'm done that's it but I feel like it just like really taught me that like just showing people and giving them that platform like it is possible you can do it like you don't need help you don't need us we're there to support you and like giving people that support everyone needs support every now and again you know like that's the basis of humanity. But just like making sure like you're just not overstepping and really like showing people like proving to the people that they can do it on their own and that they have the capabilities. And it's not just, I guess, like you don't need to rely on other people. You can do it yourself. And like believing in yourself can go a long way too. Yeah. And ultimately they're the experts, right? They're the experts in their communities. And that's one something that we really emphasize throughout the trip. Steph Scheichen. So one thing that really resonated me with me is we are helping them with the Socratic questioning and having them problem solve. But at the same time, they're really teaching us. They're teaching us how to be more resourceful, how much trust you can have in your own kids. And so I think it's such a mutual experience we're gaining skills and they're gaining skills they're different skills but that's what makes it so powerful is it's not just we're coming in and telling them how to do which I feel like is something I've really taken from this is that that is often my approach but if we do this together and hear all the different sides from all the different experts in their lives, RBTs, parents, grandparents, siblings, then we really can do something together and make an impact for all the parties on the team, not just like what I think is best, because that's not always what's applicable. Mm, right. Culturally relevant. Yeah. Ashonda? So with the do with not for, it allows us to collaborate with the other team, with the Silver Bells team, with the the people of, of Rhonda. And it allows the mission to go further when we do it with them and not for them. So as a BCB, I think about how we teach kids how to tie their shoe, right? We start to teach them how to tie their shoe instead of tying their shoe for them because it's not sustainable to keep bending down and tying a three-year-old or 13-year-old or 30-year-old shoe when they should be able to have the capability to do it themselves, right? So that's when I think about the do with, not for. And um, just thinking about Silver Bells and their students, like they have and they will have a rich future because we helped with planting the seeds, with the Socratic questioning and with some of the ideas that we came with. And they planted seeds in us. And so again, the mission goes, it goes further. And the harvest that will be reaped will be will be bountiful for all, mm. especially if because it's done with them and not for them, and it's done with us and not for us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bis, I just wanted to add on top of that the do with not for and like regarding sustainability. A lot of the people and teachers that we met there were like, "You're only here for a week. Like, can you stay longer? Or why is it shorter this time?" and It kind of like hit me when I got home that like we weren't really there for a week because we kind of like were there forever because we like taught them. We worked alongside them, too. And so it's kind of like a part of us will always be there, just like how part of them will always be with us here because we're we're keeping the conversation going and we're building a community. And it'd be cool if we could go longer. But I kind of like the fact that we were there for a week and we did so much. And I'm really curious to see like how even now. It's changed things there. I don't know if you have any updates or I know it's probably too soon, but I don't know. I like the idea is like, we'll always be connected. 
Yeah, definitely. The impact goes for seven generations. Remember that conversation we had about the Iroquois Nation and how what you guys did in country is really impacting future generations of autistic individuals in Rwanda. So, you know, now being back a little bit over a week and you've had some time to process, you know, it's it's a journey. It's going to keep going on. You're not going to learn everything that you've had to learn from this trip in a week. So let it simmer. But for now, what are some changes that you've seen in yourself and how have you transformed personally and professionally? So it's really funny because Rachel, you and I were talking about how I've like struggled in like my class discussions and like getting word a word in for my courses. And I just straight up volunteered to be the group leader for our course project for my group. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, like as soon as I got the assignment, I was just like, okay, I got this. And it was like, then I was like, wait, there's so much. But um, so that felt really good. I've been like delegating like tasks to people and stuff and like with discussions I'm kind of like I'm saying something even though like I'm not 100% sure like it makes sense or is right so that's a big step um for me so I'll let you guys know how it goes and in addition to that because I'm still kind of new to this area I'm in and I've just been signing up for like every free like yoga class I can find (laughs) and I'm usually like a fly on the wall in the classes I like to go in the back but I've been up front with the instructor, just like, kind of like, you know, like, why not just like go up there? And I've always like kind of admired people who like, just like are up front too. So uh, that's been kind of cool. And I'm like introducing myself to the instructors, like trying to like make friends and make a community because I don't know, being around you guys was awesome and I don't want to lose a community. I kind of just want to like branch out more. So thank you guys for helping me become this. Oh, that's amazing, Bess. Thank you. You can also even tie it into, I know we talked about this at one of our last conversations at the lake, but you know, who you said you wanted to be, the who can you be that you made that commitment to in the beginning. So like, Bis, what was yours? Mine was to have a voice. Right. And be heard. Yeah. Yes. So I kind of stuck to that. Yeah. And I'm excited to start work and kind of like ease my way into a role that I want to be and not just one that I've always had. Beautiful. Thanks. Okay, Jody. To discuss kind of like professional changes, because obviously, you know, a lot of personal growth, you were all there for that. But professionally, I came back and the first few days were very challenging because I felt like I came from such meaningful work that made me so fulfilled And I I could see that I was making so much change to come back to my, you know, nine to five and just kind of, oh, this is what we're doing. This is what we're still doing. And it felt a lot less meaningful. And obviously, you know, each individual is meaningful and making a big change, but it just inspired some further conversations with other coworkers about what are our long-term goals? What are our long-term values? How can I find more meaning in my day-to-day work. So yes, you know, personal growth and kind of, you know, over my own life, you know, what direction do I want to go with that? But just professionally, how can I make my day-to-day, my nine-to-five more meaningful, not just for me, but for my team as well? So I definitely saw an improvement in some of the relationships with my coworkers when we were able to kind of hear what they're wanting to see and how they can be more fulfilled at work. So that was super helpful in that regard. Great. Do you want to touch on your personal growth a little bit? I know you said we were all there, but our listeners weren't. Yes. Yes. So just to kind of preface a little bit is over the last year or so, I felt a little bit in a rut, just trying to figure out what outside of my work is going to make me happy. What other interests do I have outside of my work? So I thought, you know, taking more time off, doing things like this, that would kind of help break the monotony. And then going on this trip and doing that exercise to where we gave ourselves, you know, one word to describe our identity and mine being doer. And when I took that away in that moment, it was very eye-opening on how 
I perceive myself, how I feel others perceive me. And obviously I had such a great team who helped me through that exercise and did give me some of those other words to describe myself. It has led to other conversations now that I've been back with some of my friends, with some of my family members. And it's been still a little uncomfortable just because I don't fully agree. You know, I I don't see all the characteristics that some of them are sharing with me, but it has been really helpful. And I think it's improved my relationships with other people too, by being so open and sharing such a deep rooted aspect of myself and something that I didn't realize was such a big, big issue for me. So it's still something I'm working through. I have another therapy session scheduled for next week to dive a little bit deeper into what steps do I need to take to be the person that I want to be, how I want other people to see me. And then also continuing those conversations with my friends and family. It's really helped also because then they felt more comfortable to share with me too. So I think it's really, love you all. (laughs) I think it's really helped me, you know, personally too. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Jody. Okay. And Steph. So as I am a master's student and coming to my graduation date, and I uh, just got a new job and a new role as a practicum student at a different center. So I've been feeling kind of like a lot of that imposter syndrome and just like, am I good enough for this? You know, like, can I really do this? So this skill core journey was just like, really was supposed to help that. And I think it did tremendously. Definitely, it doesn't happen overnight, but it definitely has started to help me with that path of, you know, realizing like, this is who I am, like my impact and like what my purpose is, and that I can do these things. And I just have to believe in myself a little bit more. I have to be confident in myself that I can be powerful. That was my big word that I wanted to focus on for this trip. And I think that walking into my new job that I have, it has definitely helped me to see who I can put out and the energy that I can put out for other people and who I can be and not fit myself into this tiny box of (laughs) where I think I should be and where everyone else should be. And that, you know, like it might start with a small little ripple, but eventually like it can start a wave of, of change and you know, it doesn't always have to be something that feels so big. It can be small and it's still something to celebrate. I know like a lot of you bring up, there was a point when we were doing a presentation um, (laughs) (laughs) that the power had went out and I had been beating myself up before this presentation that I was just going to ruin it all. And I had no confidence in myself and getting up there with my teammates And I just felt the energy and the passion just all around the room with my teammates and the people in the room and how inspired they were. And I just, the power went out and it was just, I was ready to keep going. I just felt so confident in myself with everyone surrounding me and that I knew I could do it. And I'm so glad that I did because obviously it was just that little bit of a ripple that I want for that wave of change. So it's just a start, but I know that I can also bring that back to my new job and my community here and start making a difference and not just fitting into that small space. What is that, the quote that it is of, I don't have to dull my light so others can shine one, but that's (laughs) that's really stuck with me that I can do it and I don't have to be small because of that. Right. When there are no lights, you're still the power. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Great. Thanks, Steph. Karen. Uh, yeah, so since, since I came back, I actually volunteered to do some presentations at my church, which is huge. I've also started some contact with some local self-advocates to try to get some things together for parents and families. Yay. And I have some ideas for some programs. So I've uh, requested a meeting with the superintendent of the school system where I have my private clinic. So hopefully that will get some stuff started that way. Yeah. Wow. Karen, you're already in action. I love it. And remind us of your word. Uh, Limitless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I have to jump in right now. I met somebody who (laughs) met you in an airport, Karen. 
and was talking about how they met this incredible woman in an airport about a year ago who was just so impactful and meaningful. And her name was Karen. And I went and I found it was you who met this random person in St. Louis. Yep. Who was talking about how amazing and what like a lasting impression you made on them. Oh, well, I need to know who that is. I'll pay them later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. Definitely limitless Karen. Just goes to show you there's all kinds of leaders. We don't, we don't all have to be outgoing and loud. Oh. Not at all. You just have to have heart and passion. That'll guide you. Kelly. Oh gosh. I've been like literally smiling and so happy for everyone else that I forget what I was going to (laughs) say. So I guess coming back home, it kind of took me a while to like get back in the groove of things. Like I started a new job this week. So I feel like I haven't done too, too much, but I am obsessed. And I always like want someone to bring up like, oh, you went on your trip so that I can just be like, and like tell them all about it, um, (laughs) talk about my experience. I know personally, I've noticed this week because I'm like meeting a lot of new technicians, meeting a lot of new families, like I met my boss. So I definitely have noticed more of my leadership that we kind of went over because I'm very I was like empathetic and I was analytical and I was almost a vision but my goal is to be more action so throughout this week I've been kind of trying to empower that leadership a little bit more in work and even kind of seeing what I can use it like in my daily life as well So I've been kind of, that's my goal with that. Even though I just started my new job, I haven't been able to use it too, too much. But my goal is to kind of focus a lot on that leadership. I really want to work with my techs and my company to bring forth like the, like what I observed at Silver Bells, like that energy. And I want to talk to people a lot more about it and share my experience, see what I can do to help them. I'm still just in awe of like the, the happiness over there. And I just want to bring that over here because I feel like everyone should be happy at their, like at their job. And like we work with kids and we play and everything. Like I want to bring that same energy over for work professionally. I definitely have learned a lot, whether it was from Silver Bells, the Global Autism Project, mainly just a lot from my team members. I very observant. So I'll sit back and observe and I'll like absorb what they're saying. So be warned, I'm going to probably be reaching out to you guys for help with things, <laughs> but um, definitely professionally, I've grown that way. Personally, I know when we were going through and talking about how we've grown, I kept going back and forth. Like, have I changed personally? I feel like I could have done more. I was kind of hard on myself, which I'm always hard on myself. So getting home, having time to kind of sit back, think a little bit more, I've definitely noticed a change. I'm a lot more open with people. Like if I'm just a lot more happier, I guess. <laughs> like this is the definitely the trip that I needed to break my, like I was in a rut before with work and my life and everything. So being able to kind of step out there, do something new, it kind of relit my flame a lot. And so I want to thank everyone. Like you guys have definitely, like, I just love it so much. (laughs) I miss it so much. Um, But I've definitely like grown personally with that. And the fact that I can become friends with complete strangers in a week, I'm like, okay. I guess I'm cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I I feel like I've just like personally and professionally, I've just learned and grown from every single person in my group and the people at Silver Bells, the community of Rhonda, like it was a big eye opener for like Mm -hmm. everything we did. Yeah. Great. Kaylee. Yeah. So my big word for our time was flexible. I've always been, I'm going to write it in Sharpie on my calendar. It's staying that way. And then 
the field of ABA, especially like working in like a clinic setting, like that's never the case. And leading up to the trip, it used to not bother me as much, but in a couple months leading up to the trip, I started noticing that I'd get halfway through my day where my entire schedule has changed. And I'm just like praying that the afternoon stays. It just has to stay. And like, then it wouldn't. And I just whole day ruined. So something that really like stuck with me was like day one, Molly's like, take a big red marker and write tentative. Don't hang on to this. And like, now my calendar is written in pencil and I have tentative across the top of my calendar (laughs) because I have to remind myself like that it's okay. So professionally, I think it's changed, not just me, but like, I don't go into like, I don't get a SOS severe behavior. And I'm like, oh man, no, like my schedule's ruined. Like I have to go do this and I can't go do that. And like, I want to help, but like, it's frustrating me. And like, I don't feel that anymore. And I know my team doesn't feel that frustration from me anymore because I'm able to, it's okay. Like I can stay here. It's all right. Like we can do this. And like, looking back, like it makes me so like sad that like I ever had that outlook on like, oh man, I don't want to go help with this because I had this planned. Like that's not the right outlook to have. And like, just learning to be flexible through skill core, like completely changed that for me. And I know it's like completely changed my team. They've definitely like said things. They're like, what did you do? Like, <laughs> who are you? And I'm like, man, I hate that I was ever that person that was so like, here's my schedule, stay in routine, don't change anything. And now there's just like such a lighter difference, I guess, for my team and for my clients and for me professionally. And then I guess personally, like I've had a lot of life changes where there's a lot of question marks now since we got back. And I think that having that flexibility and still working on it in my personal life, but having that has definitely like helped me build and save like those personal relationships that I have because I'm not so stringent on like X, Y, and Z has to happen in this order and at these times on these dates. And I can just kind of breathe and like learning that that has taken a weight, not just off me, but the people that I love and care about is definitely super motivating to just keep going and be flexible. And like, that was all thanks to SkillCore and all thanks to all of you guys for, you know, you guys saw me like start to get frustrated and you're like, it's okay. Cause now we're doing this and that means we get to do this and it, finding those positives, like for me and helping me see that and just being able to bring that to where I am now. Thanks guys. Yeah. That's huge, Kaylee. (laughs) You've grown so much, all of you. Steph, I know you have your hand up, but I just want to say like, because people who are listening can't see the chat (laughs) and you guys are just so supportive of each other with the hearts and the wonderful and yay and you're my hero and amazing and go, go, go. Like, I mean, you guys are talking about how you felt supported from each other in country and that you're thanking each other for kind of contributing to these transformations that you felt. And so it's just so evident here on this call. Just wanted to point that out. All right. Steph Scheiken. So my word was leaner and I've been really trying to step up at work and just be the leader that I want to be. So the first thing I needed to do was talk to my boss. I have four reports due on the same day. And the last time this happened, because it's on a six-month cycle, I just kind of suffered in silence and was not well. I was miserable, but I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to inconvenience anybody. So I actually met with her on Wednesday and kind of talked to her, like, what can I do? What support can I get? Because this is just four reports. It's just a lot in one day. And she actually went and talked to insurance about it to see what they could do to help And I think that was my first step because normally I would just kind of try and take it all in and just be like, you know what, I'll just get yelled at or, you know, well, not she doesn't yell at me, but um, I'll just, you know, take the hit of being late and not say anything. And so just trying to use my voice more and saying, here's the problem. What support can I get in order to be successful with these reports? Because it's not fair for the kids at the end of the day that I'm not saying anything. Um, So that was the first thing I've really done. And just trying to model a lot of behaviors like that I want to see in my texts. 
such as letting kids do things on their own. Like the sink is really close to where I was sitting the other day. So I was just like, okay, you can go put your dish away instead of hovering and watching them do every step. I was like, you can go, let me know when you're done. (laughs) And just trying to do different things like that. I could still see the child. They weren't leaving out of my eyesight. They weren't going to get hurt in the process. Just trying to give them some more independence because that's what I saw a lot at Silver Bells. And for the most part, nobody got hurt that I'm aware of just having that freedom. But just trying to give the kids more freedom, more one-on-one. And sometimes I feel like we just hover and just giving them some independence. So those are the two main things I've done. Yeah, that's great. All right. Cherry. My kind of action for what I was going to do when I got back is reach out to look for a mentor to possibly get back into the field. And I've done that. Um, It was a lot for me to do. And I like shook when I was writing the text message and the emails because it's very nerve wracking. But I did it. So I'm waiting for a response and I'm going to try to find a few others just in case that one says no. And then my goal after that is to just actually follow up. Something fundraising taught me is if you don't get an answer, make sure you follow up. So I'm not just going to like not let a non-response stop me. And then my word when we first started was vulnerable. And uh, I think that has really helped because like even on past trips, like they would call me like coconut because I was like really hard on the outside but soft on the inside. And like you guys have like taught me it's okay to be kind of soft everywhere. And I don't have to be so hard on the outside. So I've taken that home and I've like started talking to people more or like if I did have something that was bothering me, I like approached it a little bit differently than like I normally would. And so I think that also will help me as far as like finding my mentor and getting back into the field as far as that like kind of frustration or if something's bothering me, I'm just handling it a lot better than I used to because that was one of the things when I was in the field is I would not handle things appropriately. And so I'm kind of starting to change that in my personal life so that when I do get back, I'm already kind of prepared to do things better. Yeah. That's so great to hear. Ashonda. Yes. So Cherry, I just want to say that just off top, I am super proud of you. So good job, Cherry. I'm actually proud of all of you ladies. And I'm actually honored that I got to spend time with each one of you. And you've helped me to identify some of my weak spots. And my word, I believe, was powerful to be like more resourceful. And so I am. And I've I've been delegating a little bit more rather than just taking it all in and trying to do it myself. And just being a little bit more vulnerable, like Cherry said, and being and being open and listening more, that has helped a lot. And I know that it will help a lot in the future. Yeah. Feels so good to just be with you guys. I think I have that kind of last day just ingrained in my brain, like the view of the beautiful lake, our table, and all of us just kind of wrapping up the whole week and really connecting on a deeper level, I think, given everything that we had been through earlier in the week with all of the training and preparation and long nights, long days, little travel hiccups here and there. And you guys all, you know, you powered through. You guys are troopers, officially Skill Corps alums. So, I mean, that's a badge of honor in the travel books for sure. Now, I'd like to close with any advice or any tips you have for other Skill Corps travelers or maybe people who are on the fence, who are thinking about applying but just haven't submitted yet? What would you say? If anyone is on the fence for joining Skill Corps and giving this opportunity a chance, it is honestly so life-changing. I learned so much about myself, things that I want to work about myself, personally, not just professionally. And I think that was something that really surprised me on this trip too, was how much I learned and how much I hopefully grew from this trip personally and professionally and how it really makes a long lasting change in yourself. 
And I think if anyone is looking to find maybe a new spark or new joy in their professional life or in their life in general, I think this can really turn it upside down in a good way. And I think it's just a change and a kind of a refreshing new start and a new perspective that this trip can really give you. So I would just say just to lean into it. It's going to be daunting. You know, it's going to be uncomfortable. But on the other side, there's so many different perspectives. And no matter like what the reason that you're going, you know, whether you're burnt out, you just need something more. You're looking for like-minded people. Just whatever the reason is, like you're always going to find so much more than you were expecting to. So just just go for it. And I honestly, it's going to be one of the best experiences of your life. For sure. And you meet so many great people that are like family, for sure. Yeah. And Kelly? Just like what Stephanie said, I mean, Mikey says it best, just do it. (laughs) Just do it. I waited years because I was going to apply like right before COVID. And I was like, ah, like, it's fine. I got some time. And then that was probably like, what, 2019. And then now I'm doing it in 2023. I should have just done it. Like I had a gut feeling I should have done it. I did like, now I'm doing it. And it's by far, I always tell everyone it was by far the best experience of my life. I, there's nothing else that could top it. I learned a lot. I grew a lot, like I said, personally, professionally, it's not what I expected. It was even better. And kind of like what Stephanie said, we became a family. We're like a little, our little T Rhonda family. I've never felt so close with just a bunch of like random strangers. <laughs> so yeah, I would just do it. Push the button, apply. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Steph. Don't let the fear of fundraising stop you from doing something so incredible. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that people get hung up on. So that's great advice. Ashonda. I would say fear, faith, motivation, and growth. So don't fear the the fundraising, like Steph said. Have faith that you're going to get it done and everything will line up. Be motivated and know that you're going to grow from it. Mm. Thanks, Ashonda. Okay, Kaylee? Yeah, fundraising, like, was my biggest challenge. I'm going to say, don't sweat it. Like I let that run my whole like beginning experience and I should not have, it's hard, but you can do it. Follow through. Like Cherry said, like, it's not a no until they tell you no, keep following up. But you also don't have to have, like I did, I had a big moment with a client where I was like, yeah, I have to go do this now. And like, you don't have to have a big moment. You could just be curious. You could just want to learn. You could just want to travel and meet people and don't wait for like a big push like I did. Like I should have done it the two years prior when I first found it and I didn't. And I will regret that, but I'm definitely going to be coming back. And I highly encourage everyone to not wait and to just, yeah, just do it. Jump in. Right. Thanks, Kaylee. Biss. My advice to anyone thinking to apply is don't think you have to like fit into a perfect like description of a person to feel like that you'll like nonetheless get accepted, but like be impactful on the team because I feel like we are all so different and we all had something else to offer. And so don't think that only a specific kind of person can do this. And so I guess to put a positive spin on this, anyone and everyone can do it, especially the fundraising. Um, It's so funny, like during the trip, fundraising was such an afterthought that I didn't really think of, even though during the time of fundraising, it was really stressful. But I think the more creative you are and the more you like ask questions and like offer people food, (laughs) people love food. Um, So fundraising tip, that's what I got. But just... Be open-minded too. I think that was really helpful and be ready to make a really strong connection with your team. Great. Karen. As the only speech-language pathologist in the group, I say other therapists do it. There's something very magical and empowering being with other professionals that are like-minded. You can learn so much. Hmm. Yes. And that is a call out to the other related service providers. We need you. (laughs) Yes. I can't recommend it enough. Yeah. All right. 
Jody. Similarly, don't wait until you're a BCBA to do this. I wish I had done this when I was an RBT. And I think this would be such an incredible learning opportunity. And what a great structure to set to step into that BCBA role with this experience. I think it just makes us more culturally competent, compassionate. I mean, just such more impactful leaders. And so I wish all RBTs or those becoming RBTs, just don't wait until you're a BCBA to do something like this. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Cherry. I think for me, it would just be have as little expectation as possible because any expectation you have will be completely blown out of the water because I like I've heard it even with you guys saying like expect the unexpected like it was nothing that I expected at all and I think for me personally too that helped me kind of alleviate the stress of like oh no what's going to be going on what am I going to be doing and it allowed me to kind of be ready to take it all in and I think that helps because there's no preparation (laughs) that's probably another tip for what you're going to experience. I mean, it's so incredibly life-changing that it's hard to put into words and it's hard to have any expectation of what you're going to experience. Yes, definitely. Leave all of that in New York. It's just a phenomenal team. And, uh, you know, Molly said it, it's not a savior trip. We're not going to save the, the people with autism in other countries. We're going to learn and we're going to help and taking that off of the back burner, like, oh, I have to be that person that they're going to come to. I'm going to save the world. No, you're going to have an impact on the world. You're not going to save it. And I think that's an important tidbit to take away with. Be there to be helpful and be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, like, this is a very, very special group of people here. And there were some challenges, of course, but we got through it. and. I've seen just such growth in all of you from day one. Actually, even from back in our calls, our Zoom calls pre-trip, how you guys were like so nervous and like, oh, what is, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? And, and then now you're like, whatever, I got this. When's the next one? You know, that's amazing. And how you're already applying it in your communities at work. And your friends and your family are already seeing a difference. You're hearing it. They're like, what'd you do on that trip? Oh, man. I miss y'all. And I miss our coffee and tea times. Without you, my friend. And I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Thanks for tuning in to Autism Knows No Borders. I hope you enjoyed going on this journey with Team Runda. Now you have a better idea of the growth and transformation that can happen on a SkillCore trip. To learn more about the outreach initiatives we focused on during our trip, listen to episode 161, featuring the founder of Silver Bells, two of the clinical department heads, and several community members who attended the three outreach events we hosted in Kigali. Do you have a personal or professional connection to autism? Are you looking to collaborate with others on a meaningful, life-changing adventure? Join us today at skillcore.globalautismproject.org and use the coupon code AUTISMPODCAST to waive the application fee. Thanks for listening. Take care. Take care.